Welcome to the Sold Too Early Sports Card Podcast. Currently writing a children's book on the $1 trade-up challenge. That's not Kai. I'm an award-winning author. This is a little bit of a different episode. Welcome to episode 50 of the Sold Too Early Podcast. Kai is unavailable today. It happens. Um, I completely understand. No big deal. We can cover this today. I can hold down the fort eh, pretty poorly, but you're used to the below average performance of the Sold Too Early Podcast, so... Hey, you're right at home. You hear a dog? I'm sorry. It's not mine. I wish it was. But these things happen. <sighs> what are we going to talk about today? Well, it really depends. I mean, the main joke of today's episode, um, for everyone who is not aware or uh, does not pay attention or frankly doesn't give a fuck about what other people are up to on social media, let me show you. Uh, this is kind of fun. I, I thought it was a joke. And it's it's not. It's a real thing. Uh, one person <clears throat> in the sports card world that eh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of. I, I think that's a really hot take. I know. How dare I say I don't like someone. Uh, sports card investor, not a very good individual. You can make all the memes you want about him. All perfectly valid. Uh, apparently he's writing a book. <laughs> or has written it. It, it. Really, this is so interesting because... As, as a collector, investor, whatever you want to call me, I'm, I'm a weird in-between as individual. But the information in this book is most likely trash for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's print media. Print media is dead. <laughs> and the second this book was written, like as the pages were like either jotted down on, on notebook, notebook paper or even written down on a computer, already out of date. That is the greatest thing about social media and like the, the digital age that we're in, in 2023, that information already irrelevant, <laughs> does not matter. And you can find out the information on a YouTube video. We can go into that discussion <laughs> as needed, but just, just standard information wise already outdated. Yeah. You know, the idea of like, Oh, you want to buy high and sell low. Oh shit. Wait, that's not how that works. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it's for dummies. So, you know what? Actually they might think buy high, sell low is correct. I don't know. Um, the point is it's already outdated information, regardless of what is said, because if they give any example, guess what? If there's anything related to comps and they use an example already wrong, because with the ability to check, eBay and all and PWCC and Golden X Y and Z. If they said uh, Joe Burrow card is a five hundred dollar card at the time of writing, hey, maybe it's now four fifty. Maybe it's four hundred bucks. Maybe this is so old, <laughs> it's hit zero. Who knows? It's not going to be a timeless piece of uh, content. It's going to be very dated. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that ages out. <sighs> and honestly, the the main way to learn about sports cards is your own experience or thankfully having individuals in your lives who have guided you. Uh, I didn't have that when I got into sports cards, especially as a business in like 2015, 2016, I lost five grand on group breaks. Didn't know any fucking better. And when I started to look at it as, Hey, how do I do this my own way? How do I make this something that is both a lot of fun and could make money? I figured it out on my own and I have tried multiple times to bring a real life friends, not, not card friends, like actual human beings that I like as people who do not collect sports cards, but like sports into this industry and this hobby. I have been the one who thankfully uh, could set the groundwork for them. 
and make sure they didn't make the same mistakes I did. And some had success. Some did pretty well. No one has really stayed in this industry um, more than a couple months, maybe a year at a time. Some people will flake. Some people come back in. Others will, will just be like, hey, this isn't for me. And that's perfectly fine. But I can offer information that a fucking book couldn't. I've lived it. And now with eight years, almost nine years of experience, actually in the business side of it, it's very valuable. So a book can only tell you so much. The connections you make with people in the real world do so much more. And and part of this podcast now, as we are approaching a year, I mean, had had we recorded it every single week, we would be at over a year on this podcast, which is absolutely fucking crazy. If you guys are still watching and listening, my God, incredible. And I'm sure we'll properly thank you and, and go through funny moments or whatever else we decide to do when it matters the most. But even this podcast itself, as it approaches a year or just is over a year now, there is a lot of information that I have offered blindly and freely, and Kai has offered as well, that if you choose to listen, you may not win 100% of your deals, but you will lose less and you will win more often, generally, by following just common sense. That is the funniest thing about sports cards. <laughs> there is no fucking common sense in any of this. And the more you think about it critically, the more you either win because you understand it more and you, you break the matrix and you see the world for what it is, or you lose less because you're not buying the shit that does not make sense logically. Um, I love to make the joke about how Bowman Chrome is the dumbest fucking thing in the world, but we all play the game because, hey, financially, a 17-year-old Megan kid or an 18-year-old random high school kid who got drafted in the first round will outsell Mookie Betts, will outsell Freddie Freeman, will outsell Mike Trout if he if you get the right parallel, let's say. <laughs> There's no fucking logic to it. And I and I know why they do the hype outsells production. Oh, uh, no one's really talking about Freddie Freeman at the moment in time, even though you know that he's good. But everyone's talking about this 19-year-old random kid in low A ball. It's like, oh, that's I guess it's his best card, so I understand why you want to. But then when you when you go back five to ten years later and you try and buy those person's items. Uh, for instance, I think a, a Pete Alonzo gold Bowman Chrome Auto to 50 PSA 9. It's an okay card. I would call it pretty good. You know, if, you, if you're a Mets fan or you're a Pete Alonzo guy, that's a pretty good card to own. You can buy a, PS, a BGS 9510 on eBay right now for 1500 bucks, 1600 bucks. It's not cheap by any means. It's not a cheap card, but that is theoretically one of the better cards of him you could want to own. And had you been a prospector, in 2016, 2017, whenever Alonzo was a rookie, I'm actually going to double check because I'm going to be bothered by it without knowing exactly when Pete Alonzo was in Bowman Chrome. 2016. Okay, so I, I was right there. Um, and had you been buying Bowman Chrome boxes in 2016 and you had a gold auto, hey, you would have been happy. You might not have known if he was going to be as amazing as he ended up being, but you wouldn't have it own a gold auto. It, it's just a weird dynamic where... Timing truly is everything. Even people who this year were buying Ella De La Cruz. I looked at it and said, this is fucking stupid. You should be selling him. Like <laughs> he came up, he was explosive and he's still an explosive player, but his prices have tanked because guess what? The way he was playing was not going to last. 
Also, I believe he doesn't walk at all. I think he has like a really bad um, on base percentage at the moment. I know the season's over at the time of recording, but I'm curious. Okay, so he had 235 and a half range on base percentage. How many walks is that? He had 144 strikeouts and 35 walks. Yeah, dude, that is he is explosive as fuck. He runs incredibly hard. He throws really hard. That's not good. That is a what is that? 388. 388. A 37% strikeout rate. Holy fuck. That's bad. <laughs> that is bad in the MLB world. But guess what? If you had sold him when the Reds were on like an insane winning streak, he had for the cycle and all this crazy stuff, you would have made a lot of money. Hell, you could sell like money on Eladella Cruz if you think he's gonna be this incredible player who has 40-40 potential because he he does. He has 40-40 potential if he's able to cut down on strikeouts and, you know, stay healthy and, and hit. Yeah, he, he could do it. He had fucking 35 stolen bases in 98 games this year and 13 home runs. So it, it, it could happen. Uh, but once again, could he? And if you did want to buy him, when would you? Would you sell at the right time? It's a really interesting dynamic. And I'm just using him as an example because, like, that stands out to me. Um, he's also only 21 or 22, give or take. I don't have that information in front of me. So once again, explosive player. If you sold at the right time, you fucking crush it. If you bought at the wrong time, you got crushed. And that's, that's just the nature of what we do. And no, I'm not telling you to not never buy the hot flashy prospect, but I'm telling you to be aware of when to sell them. Um, I have realized in my own experience I actually really like Bowman Chrome to buy. I'm buying it right now if I get a chance to. I mean, I've, I've bought some other stuff recently, trading and selling, whatever. But if I can get Bowman Chrome at a decent price these days, I'm personally buying it because I know that the end consumer is not me. I'm not going to hold that card for 10, 20 years. I don't give a fuck. I'll own it for a month or two and either November Dallas, November Chicago, whatever the shows are before the end of the year I'm going to travel to. There might be someone who wants it there. And if they don't, that's perfectly fine because guess what? Even though we know, even though we know that December is gonna be very slow for cards, because hey, oh my God, it's Christmas time, and I don't want to play with sports cards. I want to hang out with my loved ones. What a crazy thought! Uh, or New Year's, you know. Then the show cycle starts again. You know, there's opportunity to sell baseball. There's a great chance to. And, and I will say this: people have gotten smarter. I like that. I like a smarter hobby, a smarter industry. Um, to me, that makes it better because the consumer who actually is aware of what they're doing and why will probably stay longer. Someone who who follows a sports card investor or an X, Y, and Z influencer, who I, I don't want to name because it's not fair. Jeff gets, Jeff gets a pass on getting fucking dunked on because it, it's honestly not even him. Anyone who buys that book is not an expert in sports cards and you know what i can't even make fun of you 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 want to believe that you can learn something new but you're not able to have the resources i get why someone would buy that if they watch a content creator maybe even a jeff wilson and you want to be like, oh man he's making so much fucking money i want to learn that and then you realize that you're being used 
what was the point I was trying to make? I don't even remember. Um, a lot of different information here. And this is what happens when Kai's not around. I just I just ramble. Um, you have a lot of time to move baseball. You, you, you see someone who might not know about sports cards. And I understand why they want to buy a book like this. I get it. And you can make fun of him. You can tease him. But guess what? Even me talking about it, it's free publicity for something that I would never have even seen if people weren't talking about it. He, he's really actually, Jeff's a very talented marketer. He's knowing how to play into those who don't actually like him and get some viewership. And it's, it's really interesting. I don't know what's going to happen next with that. Um, I, I would have loved to... You know, if I had just started in cards, I would love to know a resource. I mean, I would not go to print media. I'd probably go to YouTube, and he might have been one of the people I would have watched. But I didn't have that available to me. I, I did it my way. And good, bad, or otherwise, I, I would call my eight years, nine years in sports cards so far a financial success. That, you know, I may no longer have a sports card personal collection. Um, you know, I would call my PC now game more jerseys and cool shit that just like makes me happy to own it. And when I own cards that I'm happy to own for a couple weeks, a couple months, whatever, even if it's inventory that I know I'm going to eventually flip and move, it's like, oh yeah, I own that. It's cool. I, I accomplished my goal of owning a cool piece and I made money while doing it too. And to me, that's good enough. That's what I want. And that's my own aspirations. And as I have worked through that higher-end world, there are individuals who come up who you can tell. Um, you can tell when someone is trying to use you just for financial gain. I, I, I think we're all intelligent enough to understand that. I, I hope so. Um, if you don't, I'm sorry. I don't know how else to describe it other than I feel bad for you. Um, you will realize if you ever do step into the higher world. I'm not sure who... Who listens to this podcast or who really engages with and who like feels something from it. But if you are a low-end collector, and there's nothing fucking wrong with that, let me make that clear. You can own five dollar cards, you can own five thousand dollar cards. I'll give you the time of day if you're like an actual human being who can have like a real conversation. If you're just unable to like talk to me and like you got the uh, the alt comp says this, can you pay that? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm going to work and be a fair dealer, vendor. But if you can only like go to Alt or Car Ladder or like just are not able to have a conversation as a human being, we're not going to get along. And that's any person. <laughs> um, low end collector, high end collector, doesn't fucking matter. But I will say though, if you are trying to be a high end collector, high end sports car dealer, um, the industry itself is very fucking high school girlish. And what I mean by that is high end collectors generally actually do not even like each other. Um, we will all try to use each other for financial gain. And I don't think anyone's willing to admit that. Um, I don't think anyone's willing to be as honest about that as I am. I I don't give a fuck. If you don't like me, I don't care. Um, and it's very interesting that I say that because growing up, I only wanted acceptance. I wanted to be the cool. Uh, I wanted to be um, accepted, by, accepted by my peers. Uh, I wanted to fit in. I think it's a very normal thing. Now... At 27, you know, I, I'm engaged. Uh, I've, I've met the woman who I'm going to spend my life with. I have a great group of friends who I will hopefully have forever. I have reached my level of personal acceptance. I know what I am, good, bad, or otherwise, and I don't give a fuck if you don't like it. And that level of confidence has helped me grow my business. 
I don't fucking care if you like me because I have something you want. You're going to find me. You're going to talk to me and you're going to make a deal with it with me about it. And I'll never reach out to you. That's the funny thing. If you have that level of confidence in yourself, you don't give a fuck what anyone wants from you. You only want or you don't give a fuck what anyone else has. They have to re- they have to reach out to you. I can't even name the last time I reached out to a dealer about something. They all reach out to me. So guess what? You don't have to like me. <laughs> but if you want my item, you're going to reach out to me and you're going to play nice. Once again, not good advice, but I can at least own what I am. A lot of people can't. And we are, especially in the high-end card world, very fucking catty, very girly, very dramatic. You go on Instagram stories these days, it is the most like sad and like high school bullshitty world ever. There's so much unneeded drama in this in this world, in, in this sports card world. It makes us dumber. <laughs> it really, it, it makes us dumber. It turns everyone against each other. Who fucking cares? Like people, people just get so worked up about trading cards. And I used to be that way. In the last eh, couple of years or so, I, I've realized it's just not, I don't care. And, and you know what? I That's why I really stopped posting about like, People doing wrong things in sports cards, like shy, um, shy way vlogs. I want to make sure I get his Instagram right before I comment on. I know he's technically walking away from sports card, which is sad. Um, you know, that's yeah, shy way vlogs. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, shy super well. I'm not gonna pretend like we're best friends, buddy, buddy, whatever, like that. I do feel bad though. Um, is it self-inflicted? Shelling cards is bad, obviously. Sure. If you are leaving an industry or a business that you really love, you lost your business partner, if you were previously an alcoholic who was in recovery, who had thoughts of relapsing, I feel bad for you as a human being. You can, you can separate those thoughts out between like the person and the entity that is like running that Instagram page. I feel bad for the person, maybe not so much for the Instagram page, channel, whatever he wants to run. But as a person, I feel bad. Obviously, that, that's. I think that's normal. I don't think anyone will get upset by that. But here's the interesting thing as well: if he had not self-reported um, that he was going to leave the sports card world, he probably would be fine. Like he would probably um, have to lay low for a little bit, and probably be welcome back. Um, I know he lost his partnership with um, Mark Empire State Cards. I, don't, I think it's Mark. Sorry if I'm getting it wrong. I know he lost his business partnership with him. That's obviously financially really bad. It seemed to be a growing business and they continue to do well. And I wish Empire and Fund My Card, Fund Your Cards the best of luck because fuck it. Hey, once again, if you are giving the ability for people for people to own the card they really actually love, okay. I I don't I don't care. <laughs> like I'm happy for you. I hope you do well. Um, it has literally no impact on me. I will never use the service. I'm not the target market for it. But obviously, there's people who want to use it, and they're doing well. Or he's Mark's doing well, I should say. So it's good. Good for you. Awesome. <sighs> not not for me. That's that's fine. Um, I feel bad for him as a person. Obviously, the situation is kind of kind of bad. But I would be lying to you if I did not know people showing their own cards. Hell, I can tell you honestly, I have owned items and I have 
Now, this is not bidding on my own item. Let me make that clear. I have owned items. Let's say it's a Tom Brady Bowman Chrome Auto. That doesn't make sense. Tom Brady, 2000 Bowman Chrome, 9.5. Okay, I own one for, let's say, four grand. If I see one at auction, I'll bid three because either then I get it closer to the number that I'm into the card for, or I win it and I'm like, oh, cool, my dollar cost average went from four grand to three or under three, let's say. Okay. Now I own the item. <laughs> like, it's not me bidding on my own item for per se, but if it's a common card like a Tom Brady Bowman Chrome. Okay, bid three. Just dollar cost average. My 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 cost is that shilling. I guess if I wasn't gonna pay for it, I've never bid on an item and not intended to pay if I won. Not the same situation, obviously. But you would be lying to yourself, or most people would be lying to themselves, if they've never bid on an item that was similar to theirs, obviously with the intention of paying. But, you know, hey, this is low right now. We make sure I, if I win, I'm happy to own it and pay for it. So, I don't know. Are people going to give me shit for that? Nah, I don't, I don't think so. That's not, that's not that bad. Or who it is, and I'll be canceled. And I'll be like, ah, oh, shucks. I can't wait for... Nothing to happen because there's no, there's no justice in sports cards anyway. So who fucking cares? Um, and no, I'm not telling you to be a piece of shit and scam and steal, but there's there's no justice. <laughs> who the fuck is the Instagram police? The the, the sports card influencer cops are going to come to your house and break down the door? No, nothing's going to happen to you. It's all like people online who will not do anything in real life. It's just not going to happen to you. Like, that's the funny thing about this. We we get so worked up about bullshit in, in sports cards. And there's no justice. Who fucking, who cares? And that's, once again, not good. Not good. I'm not saying this is a positive thing. But I'm at least willing to be real about it. And a lot of people won't. The high end world is a bunch of high school girls. There's no justice in the industry. And people who do fucked up things probably are at the top of the industry. Because, hey, they are willing to do... Uh, the things they have to do to achieve power or status or both. I don't fucking know. I'll never know. Oops. <laughs> is that a positive thing to say? No. Is it right though? Yeah, it is right. It is, it is right. That's that's the shame of it all. <sighs> I don't know, man. This is um, this is a weird time, and I and I've I've noted that a lot lately. That this is. An interesting time in the sports car world. The people who are not willing to, uh, whistleblower is the wrong word, people who are not willing to be honest about the industry, um, who are just looking for, looking for financial gain, don't actually love it. They'll leave as soon as there's a recession, if there's a 30, 40, 50% drop off in sports car prices, they'll leave. They don't give a fuck. They don't love it. That's fine. That's, that's perfectly fine. Hell, dude, I would be, and I've said this before, I'd be 100% okay. If everything went to zero, I, I'd be completely fucking fine with it. I'd be okay if it went to 2020 prices again. And uh, Luca base presents were two grand, silvers were like seven or eight grand, and everything made no fucking sense because I'd be financially secure, hopefully forever. But I'm playing both sides, so I always come out on top. I don't fucking care, dude. I I would I would love to see the sports card industry burn. I would also love to see it reach new highs. I win either way. 
I, I don't care. <laughs> That's the funny thing. It does not matter to me. I would prefer it go to 2020 prices because financially it makes, more, it makes more sense. It makes people make more money. Um, if it went to zero, though, I'd be I'd be okay with it too because fuck it. I, I would be interested in seeing what happens next. But I never put all my money into sports cards anyway, so it, it's, it's irrelevant. But it would be interesting to see. Man, this is what happens when Kai <laughs> leaves me alone. I say some bad things when Kai's not around because no one can keep me in check. And Kai, Kai's a good job. Kai does a very good job of keeping somewhat grounded in reality. Because hey, just like Kai, you know, Kai, Kai, eh, someone does this full time. He's working with Joku a lot. Joku, by the way, one of the funniest people I know. Joku is objectively just fucking hilarious um we are working on a project with him uh we announced it last week sold too late it'll be like a monthly podcast where we just like kind of like this throw the gloves off like get through all the bullshit and it'll be interesting to see what happens there um that'll be really inappropriate like if you think that this level of real talk is too far that's fine we're going to push it to 11 <laughs> on Soul Too Late. Um, they actually tagline as like the first NA17 sports car podcast. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are these guys doing, Coke? It's like, no, no, no. But as I wipe my nose, they have not, we not, we not do that. That's a bad idea. Don't do drugs. Um, sports cards are basically a drug, though. No, fuck, how is, oh my god, how do I segue out of that? Jesus Christ. These are hard to do by yourself. Especially when you're like me and you say what comes to mind. How am I going to wrap this back into uh, Jeff Wilson and uh, the Find Me uh, a Dummies book? Oh, shit. <sighs> Strange times. Strange times ahead. Especially with a lack of major shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. I mean, we do have... Dallas first week of November and then Chicago third week of November and then you know Thanksgiving is kind of important probably not gonna have any shows then unless you just tell your kids and wife hey fuck off I want to go play with sports cards and a bunch of dudes wait not like that honey please don't leave um <laughs> man weird time weird time in all this industry um what happens next though will I, I've been thinking about this for a while. I really believe the high, high end. So I don't play in the high end. I don't play in the high end of sports cards. For that, let's call it 25 grand and up. That's not my wheelhouse. That's not a lot of people's wheelhouses. That is a finite amount of collectors. But they are getting absolutely fucking crushed at auction. On a golden, a PWCC, an alt, whatever, whatever domains, heritage, whatever domains would have those ultra, ultra high-end cards, they're getting crushed. Um, part of that is obviously the, the pool of people who own those that own those items and who can afford those items is very, very small. But also, they didn't get that money for free, generally, so they're not going to just keep on wasting it on, on sports trading cards. And when you see stuff run at auction five or six times in a year, it's like, damn, dude, that shit's not even rare. It's just expensive. That's the funny thing about this, too. There are truly rare cards that come up once every three, four, 
five, six, seven years at auction. And they show when they go off at auction, it's like, oh, fuck, this is sick. I, like that, Those collectors have been looking at that car for 20 years, 30 years, will very much pay for that item. But how many LeBron James little bit of logos have you seen at auction? How many Kobe's? How many MJ's? How many Fleer 10 MJ's are at auction at any given time? One or two? Papa's 330, 325, give or take. They're not rare. MJ Fleer 10s are not rare, at least proportionally when they're available. There generally seems to be one at every major auction house. At least in their premier auction. They're just expensive. Oh, that's cool. Another Fleer MJ. The Brady Championship Contenders Auto has appeared at auction, I think, like four or five times this year. And it just keeps getting low. It might be two or three. The point is, it, it comes up enough that you, you will see them. Maybe not the exact same grade, but there are a, fle a frequent amount of them at auction at any given time on generally a golden. It's not rare. It's just expensive. And that's the interesting thing about this whole industry. Is nothing actually feels rare, and I and I and I've used this analogy before, so I'm not gonna. I don't want. I've said some bad things. Um, uh, when you have as many different resources available to you as cards, as, as high end cards, it's like looking at a bunch of naughty websites and being like, "Oh yeah, I have my choice of anything under the sun." That's what it feels like when you're looking at high end sports cards. Like, look at all these beautiful cards women, guys, whatever you like, uh, available to me. I can see whatever I want. It's not even that rare or expensive. It, it, it's not even that rare. It's just expensive. How the fuck? What the hell am I talking about, dude? Man. Kai, please come back. This is bad. This is a bad episode. I'm going to get in trouble for this one. <laughs> oh, man. But the analogy almost works, too. It, 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 you get the point across, but I, I I censored it a little bit. But I, I've used that before. Man, the, the one thing is, too, this is a year of podcasting. I'm very fucking consistent on what I say. It's always bad. It's always terrible things to say, but at least I am consistent. Is that good enough for you? Nope, not good enough for me either. Canceled. <laughs> Believe it or not, canceled. Uh, lawyers will be at my house somehow in the next four minutes. Even though this podcast is not even live yet at the time of recording, they're already on their way. Uh, and I, I will be put in the trash. But probably, you know, I'll be thrown out. I'll, I'll be, I'm, in, I'm in the trash. It's completely reasonable. <sighs> I don't really have anything else to say. This is, this is a tough episode. I wish Kyle was here for it. But. Jeff Wilson's book is probably going to be a financial success because, of course, it's going to be uh, high-end collectors are like high school girls. And the second you realize that, the funnier it honestly gets. Ultra high-end market keeps getting crushed. And what it really comes down to at the end of the day is your timing. Timing is everything in this industry. And I wish people could have learned um, from me or your peers because we are wealth of knowledge. And I think most of us who are generally good people which other information only and not make you pay 25 bucks for a book. That's my thoughts on um, just a couple of things. Pretty consistent on what I think. Um, if you guys enjoyed watch, watching, listening, writing me bad messages on Instagram, which is reasonable, make sure you 
drop a comment or like below and make sure you tell me at the next local show or, or uh, regional or national show how much you think of a piece of shit I truly am. Probably get them out. I'll see you guys next week with something else probably inappropriate. Bye.